We're on a thousand planets and spreading out. doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. To the bat poles. May the force be with you. Who is that mask man? Avengers, assemble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. Here is some genre-related news before we get to today's discussion. After a month in space, the James Webb Space Telescope is almost at the end of its deployment work. The complex series of deployments has seen the telescope transform from its tightly folded launch configuration to what looks like a functioning laboratory, although actual science observations are still at least three months away. NASA must first conduct the painstaking process of fine-tuning the position of each mirror to turn 18 individual views of the universe into one large, ultra-powerful mirror. The entire process will take about three months. The next key deployment will see the telescope completing a trajectory burn which will insert the observatory into orbit around a spot in space known as the Earth-Sun Lagrange Point 2. L2 is almost one million miles from Earth on the side of the planet opposite the Sun. NASA says this final arrival maneuver will be completed on Sunday. Leslie Grace has released a first-look picture of herself in the full Batgirl costume. The picture was posted on the star's Instagram with a Batgirl Year One comic quote. I use their expectations against them. That will be their weakness, not mine. Let them all underestimate me. And when their guard is down and their pride is rising, let me kick their butts. <laughs> Batgirl began production in late November. It is scheduled for release later this year. New sales records were set last week at Heritage Auctions as a copy of Action Comics No. 1 featuring the first appearance of Superman and pages from Marvel Comics 1984 Secret Wars sold for over $3 million each. A CGC 6.0 graded copy of Action No. 1 was auctioned for $3,180,000, making it the most expensive copy of Action Comics No. 1 ever sold at an auction house. Page 25 from the 1984 Secret Wars with art by Mike Zeck, which features the first appearance of the Venom symbiote, had a final price of $3,000,000. $360,000, shattering all previous comic art records. Also included in the lot were the splash page from Spider-Man number 37, drawn by Steve Ditko, which featured the first named appearance of Norman Osborn and the cover of X-Men number 107 by Dave Cockrum. Those fetched $360,000 and $360,000. Sorry, 336,000 and 360,000 respectively. I can't read here. The entire session from January 13th through the 16th realized almost $13 million in total. 
Just a reminder that now is a great time to invest in comic book art. Some recent anniversaries as January 10th marked 93 years since the first appearance of Tintin, the popular comics character created by Belgian cartoonist Herge. January 11th was 50 years since the original TV movie The Night Stalker, starring Davin McGavin as Carl Kolschak. 56 years ago, on January 12, 1966, Batman, starring Adam West, Burt Ward, and Alan Napier, premiered on ABC TV. And Star Trek Voyager premiered 27 years ago on January 16, 1995. The Scream reboot earned $34 million at last weekend's box office to beat Spider-Man No Way Home as the number one domestic grossing picture. The first time in a month that the superhero tentpole has failed to take the top spot. But the Web Slinger is looking to reclaim that title this weekend as new releases opening wide aren't expected to draw large crowds against the two heavyweight pictures. We'll see where things come out. New trailers dropped this week for Marvel's Moon Knight, Season 2 of Star Trek Picard, as well as Amazon's Lord of the Rings spinoff, which offered its title reveal. You can check them all out on one of the FF social media pages. And while you're there, if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and like us on Facebook. We like to be followed and we love to be liked. Moon Knight debuts March 30th on Disney+. Plus. Star Trek Picard returns March 3rd for its second season on Amazon, sorry, on Paramount Plus. And Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power is scheduled to premiere September 2nd on Amazon Prime. DC Comics revealed this week that its next big event will be the death of the Justice League in the upcoming Justice League number 75. Writer Joshua Williamson and artist Rafa Sandoval are collaborating on the project, which will be available at comics retailers and digitally on April 19th. Williamson said, We've been building to the death of the Justice League for the last year across the main line. I remember buying Death of Superman 30 years ago, and now we have an opportunity to take that idea and go bigger with it. Justice League 75 allows us to showcase why the Justice League are the comic's greatest heroes as we show the aftermath of the loss against their biggest threat ever and its impact on the DCU. Sandoval said, being able to draw the Justice League is always exciting. They are just the greatest superhero team of all time. We will see a great evil coming out of the darkness and more dark characters that will be revealed very soon. This book is just the starting point, and fans do not want to be left behind and miss what is going to happen. There's some symmetry to this event, as it takes place on the 30th anniversary of the publication of The Death of Superman in Superman 75. Of course, that was DC's best-selling Superman comic ever, and I'm sure they're looking to recapture some of that lightning-in-a-bottle sales magic. You can see some of the variant covers on the aforementioned FF social media pages. Apple TV this week announced a series order for the new original live-action series from Legendary's MonsterVerse franchise. The as-yet-untitled series will explore one family's journey to uncover its buried secrets and a legacy linking them to the secret organization Monarch. You can tell this came from the press release. Chris Black and Matt Fraction will executive produce. 
And some sad news this week as American actress Yvette Mignot passed away on January 18th. She was best known to genre audiences for her work in the 1960s sci-fi classic The Time Machine with Rod Taylor and Disney's ambitious 1979 feature The Black Hole. She was 80 years old. Today, we're talking about some of those stories as well as the recent revelations regarding Josh Whedon and the book of Boba Fett on Disney+. Plus. Joining me are Roberto Ortiz, Camille Richardson, and Mike Lunsford. Everybody, cool. welcome to the show. Hey, hey. Thank you for having me here. Yes, thanks for having me. Thank you. Well, it is my genuine pleasure and privilege. Oh. So, uh, you guys heard some of these news items that we were uh, talking about here. Um, I uh, just want to mention, uh, without going too deep down the rabbit hole on some of this stuff, because this... Mm. Um, these original comic art pages and uh, Roberto, yes. you've talked exclusively about that. Sorry, extensively about that. Well, you have been sort of the exclusive one talking about that. <laughs> uh, yeah. and, and you know a, d that that common refrain. Now is a great time to buy comic book art. I remember on several shows, yeah. you just uh, said over and over about how it's a wonderful time to do that and. Oh, uh, what would say you're holding up? I, I'm about to buy one, basically, as soon as this is over. Oh, so, well, why wait? <laughs> I probably <laughs> just, will do it. Just hit, I was going to say, you know, he's buying comic book art during the show, ladies and gentlemen. That's how committed this guy is. But mm? he had the advantage that I know what I'm doing. Uh. What, you mean you know which button to push or you know which art to buy that is going to quadruple its value but in between now and when your kid goes to college? But that's what drives me crazy, that... It shouldn't be that. It should be basically in terms of if you like the art, if you like the story, if you like basic, if it speaks to you. The love and the passion. Exactly. Not money. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the problem too. I mean, because ultimately, if you get into like, because you can't have a conversation about like art selling any anymore exactly. without bringing up NFTs. And oh like, my God! No, don't even start it's about that. No <laughs> longer a thing about what the best art is or the thing that you like the most. It's about the thing that can that can become an investment. That can become a way to make somebody who's trying to game the system. Like it, it, it's it's such a mess right now because of this. Because. Again, it all goes like, especially with the NFT stuff. It's all the one percenters again. Bingo! They found yes. a way to make themselves more money off of a, a like a fraudulent business plan, and people are sucked into it. And I feel like comic art is going to suffer because of it. But at the same time, too, you might actually see some art artists profiting from it. So it's 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 this really really slippery slope right now, and it. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and there's a lot of money laundering basically going on in terms of all these uh, auctions. You have to be very, very careful because just because you're buying art doesn't mean it's going to accrue value. So that's why I strongly recommend to people, if you like something, buy it just because you like it. I buy because I like specific artists. I collect uh, George Perez, uh, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, people like that that I know that I like and I like seeing their art. And it's secondary if the artwork is going to earn value or not, but I know that it's, I know what I'm doing specifically because I just pick specific artists for specific times that I want to have at least one piece from. Well, you know, Roberto, it's interesting because uh, there was a artist uh, that I met a number of years ago who had, because uh, 
what really what we're talking about is collecting art yeah and there are a lot of people who will buy prints of art for yes, example and that's a without, yes. well, but yeah but but here's the thing and uh this daryl grimes was his name i'm going to give daryl a shout out and uh daryl explained to me that because i honestly did not think that i could own an original piece of art i'm like oh my god all i can afford to do is buy prints you know where basically the the frame is going to be <laughs> more expensive than the the print itself but what he explained to me is that you can own an original piece of art and it so first thing it sounds like that that's part of what you're saying yeah. in terms of buying the comic book art and whatever it is if it's some uh, oil painting or if it's acrylics or yeah. you know whatever yeah you know I mean if you like it yeah go ahead and do it but secondarily yeah. uh, is this whole issue of art as an investment oh, and God, don't get me started. well but that and that's sort of the age-old question I mean you have people who in some cases they want to own the art because they just want to display it they love it, they appreciate it, they want to make it a part of their personal collection. There are other people, you know, who are looking to hedge this thing as a, you know, potential investment. They're waiting for this work to accrue. I mean, and I, I, I'm not saying anything that some people haven't thought of. You know, it just so happens you're buying George Perez's work because you love the art. I mean, I think he is, I, I love this man. I, I've loved his art for many years. But it's and it's very sad about what's going on with him. But I guarantee you, when he is dead, all of a sudden all that work is going to be worth so much more. And there are some people who are buying it simply for that I reason. I bet you no. it's already happening. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No question. And you have the same issue with with variants and number ones. And you get people yes. who are going in and scalping and that just want to grab it and then go sell <sighs> it. And it takes away from the people who just want to appreciate it, who love either the story, the passion, the art. Like mm -hmm. you just you Ooh. lose that, and it makes it so the people who do truly enjoy it can't even get a hold of it. What, mm -hmm. what sucks too is, yeah. is a lot of this doesn't go to the artist. Thank Correct. you. <laughs> Correct. Thank you. Well, there is that. <laughs> there is that. Now, fortunately, George Perez uh, is not hurting, and he has been one of the more successful comic book artists. But uh, generally, I absolutely understand and agree with what you're saying, and feel like. Yeah, it, this is this is a problem, but th that's a problem with the comics industry, and that's that's not we're not I mean, even down go to there. action figures and everything like that. Like it just gets crazy. And the thing is that a lot of these auctions, what they do, I don't want to get in trouble. It's, <laughs> <laughs> well, then don't. <laughs> don't. Okay, okay let's let's, say, let's just talk about it. It's a wonderful no. Mike Zek piece. That so I mean, and even some of the other stuff. I mean, a Dave Cockrum. I would love mm -hmm. to own a Dave Cockrum. I'm not prepared to pay three hundred and sixty thousand dollars for sure. it. You know? you and an here's another thing, because regrettably, since this man is no longer with us, all of his art is going to be at a premium, at least partially because of that. I'll give an example of why I have a problem. What's going on? Uh, you heard basically that a book containing the production art for the version of Dune that was going to be produced in the 70s was put on the market and it was expected that it was going to make about uh, $50,000 and it sold for $3 million, right? It was bought by a bunch of crypto bros and they were expecting when they bought that that they would be able to make more money by reprinting the book, which is ridiculous because you buy the art, you don't buy the copyrights for it. Right. Somebody had to explain that to them, which is insane. And a lot uh, of people aren't as well versed in copyrights as you are, yeah. Roberto. Hold that thought just one second. You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. We are your 
community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Roberto Ortiz, Camille Richardson, and Mike Lunsford. We were just talking a little bit about the recent Heritage Auction sale of a couple of pages of the 1984 comic uh, Secret Wars from Marvel, uh, which fetched over three million dollars in fact one page i mean because the other page sold for like three hundred thousand dollars but Goodness. this was the first yeah. appearance of the venom okay. symbiote uh, on spider-man uh, drawn by mike sack well, uh, mike what were you getting ready to say i was gonna say that's my question though who got that money thank you oh i'm sure a percentage went to the auction house and uh, the rest went to whoever had owned the piece before Yep. Uh, man, like, <laughs> Mike Zek did doing? not get Jack. Nope. <laughs> he was yeah. paid for that back in 1984. Well, so. I, I, the I, problem with this too is like the, these guys are creating these these. I can't even like I'm trying to find the right word for it. Like these monuments of our society, of our culture. Yeah. Like these things that modern are, day are mythology so ingrained in who we are and what we do and what we love. Modern day mythology. And they're getting squat for it. You I mean, wanna you wanna feel so, a little bit yeah. better? There's a couple of artists I can think right off the bat, Alan Davis and Walter Armstrong, who never sell their art. Who basically have Oh, yeah. Well, well, yeah, but that's the original work that they do. I mean, the stuff that they no, do for the majors, they have and those it. pages get... Oh, oh, wait a minute. So you're yeah. saying that the process now by which pages can be turned in allows them to retain yes. the original How work. How do you think you get art? Yes. And that's well, wait a minute, though. I mean, I, I and, and hey, I it's get been it. That way since wait, 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 wait. Hold that thought. Camille has something she's been yeah, trying so to get Sorry, in. sorry. Uh, <laughs> well, it all comes down, you know, what's the hot topic? What's the big thing that's happening right now that's making this valuable? And then you even look at how the big studios and the big two, Marvel and DC, are then treating the creators because yeah. they're all work for hires. Yes. You know, we've you talked go. about this before. And, you know, Remender is the one who made uh, Sam Wilson be the next Captain America. He essentially received what was equivalent to a loot crate as a thank you. <laughs> and Brubaker <laughs> created uh, Winter go Soldier. Like a and, and, and Ed Brubaker gets more money from his cameo in Winter yes, Soldier yes. than he receives at all for anything else related. But DC Comics... Well, uh, this is a derivative character, though. I mean, you know, and, and I, I... Look, I, not that I don't feel that he is entitled, but... Bucky Barnes existed before. Well, this course, was a but he wonderful did that spin whole on story, that. and that was yeah, all no, of what that you're movie right. was. You're right. I mean, but I'm partly playing the devil's advocate. The creators are treated from you know the people who hire them to yeah. the people who love them to the people who want to take advantage of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why we have the Heroes Initiative to try to take care of these folks. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you know, not everyone is as lucky as George Perez financially or things like that. So it is like my cousin Ralph Reese. He was mm -hmm. um, he worked for Valiant Marvel DC. He was a, a Wally Wood mentored him. Like he wow. worked with Jim Starlin. He worked with mm. all these huge names, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Sinkovich and everything. And it's like he's been on disability. He can barely mm. take care of himself. Sorry. His health is getting. But that is a lot of what's yes. happening to creators. And that's a lot of them, too. Yes. Actually, have you heard a story about Jim Starlin saying that he got more in terms of royalties from one showing of the KG Beast? In, what was the movie? Yeah, then he's gotten for Thanos know, and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, but you know, a, a, again, as work for hire, it's completely understandable. And I, I gotta say, for the record, there is nothing illegal about oh, no, this. It's not this was it's the industry a hard standard pill to for. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yes. Look, yeah. And I've been saying that for years because when you look at uh, these these 
companies making oogobs and oog I mean bazillion dollars off of this stuff, you know? And they don't again legally they're under no obligation to give any additional compensation Correct. to the yeah. creators, but it just seems uh, it unethical? seems questionable. Well, uh, unethical is that that's well, I mean I mean, as a business practice, that whole work for hire, that was unethical. No, Mike, sure. what were you going to say? Look at, look at it from the standpoint of this, right? How, how much money has Disney made off <laughs> the merger with Marvel, I but lied. then also with the MCU taking off the way it is? Yes. Like, as a sign of good faith, as a show of, we, you, we built this amazing thing off of you. And, like, we're talking about, like, this is, like, chump change for them. You yes. throw a million dollars at one of these creators. I know, again, is it going to happen? No, because nope. it's a business model. We can't just throw money away. But what I'm saying is, is like the kind of precedent that you could set for that is like, we couldn't have done this without your creation. Here's a million bucks. Again, would never happen because we live in a capitalist hellscape right now. But like, <laughs> that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about. And like, why do you think Image was such a big deal when they created it? Because they got to retain mm -hmm. their rights. Thank you. And then even that didn't work out I the mean, way they had hoped. Even it's look at the music industry. Yes. You know, you, you had Tom Petty, who actually did a lawsuit tour and went against the entire record industry and won because they tried to take <laughs> yep. his music. They tried to sell the records normally only sold for $12. They tried to sell his for 18 He's like, you're not doing that. Yeah. yeah. No, First I, they tried yeah. to steal his music. Then they tried to, you know, hike it up and make a profit off of it. And he won all of it. Mm. Or Prince, but, what happened with him that basically he had to, in order to regain his control of intellectual property, he had to rebrand himself. That <laughs> yeah. weird thing. But how do you do that as a creator? The, the symbol, uh, the, yeah. the mutual symbol of like male and female. Well, and it's it's it, Camille. It's interesting you mentioned the record industry because if there is and as dirty as the comic industry is, oh, if there God. is an industry yeah. that is dirtier, yes. <laughs> it's the music industry yes. in yes. terms of how they treat the talent and yeah. some of these contracts and all. The, I mean. And oh my goodness! And everything like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And they, play, and they play it off like they're doing you a favor. <laughs> the comics industry is infamous for that. Like yeah. we're gonna make you famous. Oh, but you don't own this. This is ours now. Yeah. And not only that, if it gets reprinted and it gets famous, all the money that oh, you're just gonna get this one flat fee. Well, like it's it's just such a it's such even a down to the Aja art from the Hawkeye series. You know, it's mm. it's just blatant across every single property they're putting out there, and it's just there's no love given to the creator. But, but well, well, and that that stuff served essentially as storyboards. Yes. For this Disney Plus show. But, oh yeah. But totally. Guys, do you know? I mean, at least Matt Fraction got paid. I yes. mean, and he was smart. You know, like oh, executive producer. I mean, he's also you know, over at Image. He knows what he's doing. I yeah. mean, he's been doing this for a little while now. Mm -hmm. You know, he's <laughs> 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 he's definitely taken some control and had enough success. Mm. And actually, he's doing Mac Fraction is actually after this, he's gonna do great, especially with that deal in terms of producing the Godzilla show. So yes, well, and exactly. And, well, yeah, if they're lucky yeah. enough, they can become become producers. They can be executive producers. They can be involved yeah. with the creation. You know, Jeff Loeb, Jeff Johns. You know, just yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, but that should be those. That should be the standard, not the exception. Well, and Correct. you're right. And, and the only other thing that I want to point out before we, before we move on is that. I always got excited when I see people just simply getting credit because yes. for so long Bill they Finger. weren't even Bill getting credit. Oh, yes. Jerry Robinson, yeah, yeah. you know, Dicko. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, and those are uh, that's where you got to fight for the credit. I mean, oh, even yeah. in cases when you it, it, there was no question about your contribution, 
a lot of the time, you know, there'd be a TV show or a movie, and you never saw the names of these people who contributed <laughs> to all of this. You know, I mean, and yep. even yep. if the the whole story in this show involved something that they wrote, you know, I mean, so so I for that reason, I always got excited when I saw in the credits, and I always would look. But when I saw in the credits, they're saying, oh, thanks to Don Heck, or, you know, thanks to, uh, you know, whomever, you know, might have contributed. Jack Kirby is like another name I'd better, or Steve Ditko, names we've thrown out before, but who you just, listeners, you should know these names. (laughs) Actually, I'm going to tell you one positive thing about that sale. Well, well, okay, all right. You get the last word. Mm-hmm. I hope to God that after this, we're going to start having a traveling exhibit with artwork from Kirby. That is a, hmm. it's a crime against humanity. It's, it's a strong word, but it's true. That there's no such thing as a traveling exhibit running around the U.S. or around the world showing the word the work of Jack Kirby. That was one hell of a last word. I mean, because that that's that's the opening salvo in a whole other conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. I mean, and in fact, you know, there's a um, there's an exhibition now that is at this art museum in Canton, Ohio. The only reason I know this is I saw some pictures and I want to go. It's going to be there through the end of like February, I think. And it's uh, Alex Ross. Oh, oh that yeah, would be I've seen beautiful. It, it was oh, here you, in Virginia. It was. Yes, I took tons of. I have it here. Uh, yeah. I Why to. didn't you call me, I dude? <laughs> it's in Ohio <laughs> now, and I gotta find out. <laughs> oh yeah, it was here. Let me show you the pictures. <laughs> the flashbulb Gordon poster. You don't say nothing else this whole show. It's because dude. of that. Nothing. I know. Revoked. Jeez. It was in Winchester for crying out loud. Yeah. Well, my point is. Closer than Ohio. They're a lot closer. Jeez. You know. Yeah. But my point is, there, there, and this is, this is been one of my pet peeves for a long time. I mean, and particularly since uh, Jeppy's uh, comic oh. museum closed. Yeah. You know, we have nothing. Was that due to COVID? Uh, no. That was... Uh, Steve gave... Or was a, that Diamond losing no, Marvel and DC? You know, honestly, it <laughs> wasn't it, it wasn't either. Uh, you know, Steve donated and I, and I can call him Steve because I know him like that. But um, he donated a bunch of stuff to the Library of Congress, and in fact, there they have the Steve Jeppy collection I didn't know about over all at this. LOC. Yeah, yeah. oh my it, God, yeah. they started displaying a bunch of this stuff um, a couple so cool of months though. ago. Yeah, no, it really, it, it really was, and that was just a fraction of the stuff that he had. But my, my point is that these repositories of places that are dedicated to this particular kind of art. I mean, the only other well. Okay, Okay. The as I recall, Ohio State has a, a collection. Um, there's I, I, uh, some place in Florida also, and I should really know this. And then, of course, there is the Cartoon Art Museum in San Francisco. And uh, you know, it, I, I felt an opportunity was lost in Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings because movie. that bus crashed. Right around the corner from the Cartoon Art Museum. <laughs> really? They could, yes, they could have cool. had a wide shot where you saw the Cartoon Art Museum in the shot, and they didn't do that. And I was thinking, I know exactly where that is. In any case, so um, moving right along, I had wanted one of the other things. Well, actually, you know what? Before we get to uh, this other thing, I'd like to talk a little bit about Boba Fett. And Yay. partly, yeah, yeah, exact, Camille, and this is because of you. <laughs> you 
<laughs> we were going over, hey, what are we going to talk about? And Camille was like, can we talk about Boba Fett? Yeah, I'm and that was a nice gift Boba that you Fett stuck in there, too. No Way that Home was or Daredevil. Those are my three right now. <laughs> well, and of course, Boba Fett just started uh, last, uh, no, excuse me, it, it's weeks. been four weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. four episodes <laughs> it, at this point. Yeah, it feels like last week because we haven't done any new shows since uh, the first show. Uh-uh. And um, I've been really impressed. I didn't know how I was going to feel about this show. I mean, although it seems like everything that um, uh, Dave Filoni and uh, Favreau. John Favreau, thank you, the great John Favreau, everything these guys do connected with Star Wars turns to gold because they know what they're doing (laughs) some of it's gold some of it not so much yeah i mean i couldn't um, be a star wars fan without having some sort of (laughs) (laughs) i'm with with camille on that like there are pros and cons to it and and i feel like i have no issue with the story itself uh i don't mind buddha fett if you will (laughs) but i have some major issues with the action sequences cinematography and the direction which episodes because in the pacific robert rodriguez is directing one and three were frustrating for me and they were directed by robert rodriguez and i think honestly um, two was Rodriguez I, as well, right? I yeah, and I think there's just too much Robert Rodriguez yes. imprint on this series, and I think I, I don't think it has anything to do with the actors or the story itself. It's but the direction, yeah. the execution of this is falling flat for half of it thus far. But the thing is, you saw the last episode, right? Yeah. Do you like it? Uh, it was better than the third one, but I also feel like there are issues of intimacy with this show, and there are too many wide shots, and it's not capturing hmm. the the beauty of some of the characters and their relationships developing. It's a Robert you know, Rodriguez. Yeah. You know, here's my issue with it. So one of my big issues with it, and uh, actually I, we, we talked about this on GGR earlier today. One of my biggest issues is that there is, there's too many straight men. And what I mean by that is, is like the character, not like, you know, like that's their sexual, sexual orientation. No, no, I know. Like, sure. There's no, there's no comedy, comedy element. Yeah. So like with Mando, hmm. with Mandalorian, you got, you got Mandalorian and then you got um, Grogu and you've got this balance of like this stoic badass and Mando, but then you've got the adorable little baby who's doing all sorts of cute little baby things. <laughs> and like they balance each other out. But with Boba Fett, you've got Boba and you've got Fennec, and they're both stoic badasses. Yeah. And mm. there's no counterbalance there. And, like, honestly, like, the way I described it earlier was um, Mandalorian is a Western. Yes. And mm-hmm. this is a mafia movie. Yes. Like, yes. It's mm. the difference between the two. But, like, the problem that I've been running into with this is, like, I love the message yes. of, of Boba basically, like, not having a family and not having a tribe of his own. And after escaping from the Sarlacc pit, essentially having this like moment of like realization of like, I almost died and (laughs) like pulls his life together, becomes a Tuscan. Like they invite him into this culture. Like he becomes a a part of a tribe and then he loses that. And like now it's this whole shift. The only downside to that is, is you need to have the balance of what Boba Fett was before. And we don't know what Boba Fett was before because we only saw him for seven minutes in the original friggin' trilogy. But also with the training, which we've seen in Clone Wars, we know how he's been trained. And he wouldn't be going into a lot of these situations with the lack of protection that he has. It's idiocy. And he's got chronic uh, health issues. Like, it's like, where's the brains of your training? Where did that go? Yeah, there's there's a lot of gaps in it. I've I've really enjoyed it, though. That's the thing. 
I like, do like I'm not, it. I'm not bad. I'm not down on it at all. It's just like it's missing stuff. But having yes. said that, yes. one of the possible. Well, wait, wait, wait. Because that musical cue means it's time for us to take a short break. Of course, Fantastic Forum comes to you via WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. We're a community radio station. That means, among other things, that we're non-commercial. We rely on the ongoing generosity of our underwriters, sponsors, and listeners like you for the totality of the operation of the radio station. If you like what you hear, uh, please visit the website at WERA.FM or that of our parent organization, Arlington Independent Media at ArlingtonMedia.org and find out how you can make your tax-deductible gift in support of community media today. But stay, because we got a lot more cool, geeky stuff to talk about, and uh, Camille and Roberto and Mike and I are going to be right back after this. So... Count seconds. And welcome back to the Fantastic Forum here on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. We are Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Roberto Ortiz, Camille Richardson, and Mike Lunsford. And when we took the break, we were talking a little bit about... Yes. Thank you very much, because I had completely forgotten what we were talking about. <laughs> so, <laughs> it happens but, uh, to me, too. Don't worry. <laughs> hey, but I'm glad that somehow <laughs> you knew, Roberto. And uh, uh, so uh, I was fascinated, actually, uh, Mike, by something that you were saying, because yes. you had mentioned... Actually, no, I'm sorry. Well, okay, I was fascinated by what Camille said and what you said, um, because, uh, Camille, you were talking about... Um, this uh, this distance, yeah, you know, with and the I shots. Was, yeah, you know, it's I Robert mean, Rodriguez. Okay, and a very right. lack of intimacy to really push into the character and be Robert able to Rodriguez. feel and mm. attach. Mm. Okay, and then uh, Mike, you had a really interesting observation about the lead characters and uh, how they lack sort of a comic relief. And uh, yeah. warning, uh, people, there may be spoilers, although <laughs> if you're listening to this show, chances are you were up at 3 in the morning <laughs> to watch episode 4. So, uh, but disclaimer I, anyway. No? Yeah, Mike? I, I do have to give credit to a friend of the show and a GGR co-host, um, James Rambo, because <laughs> the, the straight man comic relief uh, concept was brought up by him, and he was huh. down. And it's, it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. There, there's the show is missing something. But on the surface, great. It's pretty. It's got some really cool concepts, but it's lacking that depth that it made everybody fall in love with the Mandalorian. Yeah. And the problem that we're running into is, is there's there's this weird disparity with Boba Fett, where we've seen him depicted in cartoons. We've seen him in the Clone Wars. We've seen mm -hmm. him in um, bits and pieces here and there. But like. There was never it was never really fleshed out what he was yeah. and again so many people don't know the clone wars and they're basing their they're basically like boba fett was a blank slate for yes. all the people who loved the original series because he was he was this he was the coolest dude 
who beat the coolest dude because Han Solo was like <laughs> the scoundrel and everybody was like man this guy is slick and then Boba Fett caught him and he had this dope armor and he had this cool <laughs> voice and he had this dope ship and like he froze him and put him in a on, on a freaking coffee table He's and they're the like come on Han Solo you're coming to Vader yeah right like <laughs> the only one he didn't back down from Vader and that's like whoa that's impressive like, he's no good to me dead like I, oh yeah. man but one it's, thing I yeah um i'm almost done thank you roberto um <laughs> the, now we're seeing depth to this character and i think it's disappointing a lot of people and you know what it reminds me of Why? it reminds me of the critique that everybody had about luke skywalker in last jedi everybody yeah. had built headcanon for him of what True. he was supposed to be and now that we're actually seeing the character played out which honestly it makes sense as far as i'm concerned yeah yeah like, everybody's got an issue with it well he was he's supposed to be a badass okay cool based on six minutes of film footage? Uh, <laughs> did you see what he did to those bikers uh, twice? Oh, God. Uh, and actually, bikers. one of them was permanent, so come on. <laughs> they were so oh, out of place. You, you know... When he, the, when he the, gets in the ship and just, like, and, and Fennec's oh, like, so, yeah. where are we going? He's like, I gotta take care of something. Settle some old scores. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll go like, along for the ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, hey, that that's the advantage when you got yourself a starship. No, I thought you were talking about those uh, the other bikers, you know, because those are the terrible. mods. <laughs> no, yeah. oh, they mod no bikers. Yeah. Well, okay. Here's the thing, and this is where <laughs> I'm going to embrace my old guy status because uh, there's a, a group that I belong to on uh, Facebook, and it's a old Lost in Space group. And there was an episode of Lost in Space, the original Lost in Space, Erwin Allen's Lost in Space from the early 60s. And it had these space bikers, one of whom was Daniel J. Trevanti, uh, who later gained fame on Hill Street Blues. And uh, I swear, the, the space motorcycles that they were riding on looked a whole lot like those fancy, shiny space motorcycles. They were super you know. shiny in a desert planet? Yes. And, and no tarnish? Okay. It's because it's based on this. Mm-hmm. It's based on the mods biker movement from the 60s and the 70s, including the, the weird-ass uh, rear-view windows. That all comes from the 60s. Yeah, well, I think a, with Boba yes. Fett, it's also like a lack of brain in terms of like, okay, he needs some muscle. He's going to hire these weirdo teenagers that you don't know if what they've been trained with or what they've done. And then you have this bounty hunter, Black Cranston, and then you don't hire him. You let him free. Why did you not hire him to be your guard? Yeah, right. Because he's the new Boba Fett. Ugh. Yeah, Because now people have fallen in love with him based off of five minutes of screen time. <laughs> <laughs> that which, was which honestly is cool because he's this badass um, Wookiee who like just starts fights with people like he's in that bar <laughs> on the last episode and they're just like hey man be cool but well, 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 uh, dead, well, wait, wait. that dude's arm off oh, oh roberto hold, hold on you well, and uh, oh, uh, mike right. i'm oh, so man. glad you said that because as i'm watching that scene <laughs> i'm so, so many things were running through my mind you know because no here's the madam who comes up to him and she starts talking all this <laughs> sense it's, well you know i mean and i'm sitting there and i'm thinking okay because I, I realized after she had been talking for a while that there was no way he was going to actually let the guy go. <laughs> said, and then the other thing I thought was from kind of uh, the original Star Ha ha, not really, but from <laughs> the original Star Wars, uh, no. now called A New Hope. I remember when uh, Chewbacca was playing the chess-like game yes. with the yeah. droids, and Han Solo said, it's a bad idea 
to uh, upset a Wookiee. Exactly, you know? Nobody worries about upsetting a droid. That's because (laughs) droids don't pull people's arms out of their sockets when they lose. Wookiees have been known to do that. And I'm sitting there thinking... This guy, not only is he not going to listen to her, he's going to pull this guy's arm out of its socket because he's a freaking Wookiee. Do tr- Trandoshans mm-hmm. not have blood? <laughs> no, but I, I guess not. A lightsaber. <laughs> well, yeah, what? there should have been blood spurting all over the place. The Trandoshans, cool. believe it or not, mm-hmm. they're, they do grow, grow, since they're reptiles, that species specifically can grow their limbs back. So, you know. Well, oh, so lucky was, for he him. Was playing with, he was playing with house money then. That's why you were doing <laughs> <laughs> um, I gotta say, and Camille, as a Star Wars uh, geek, uh, I know you'll appreciate this too. The fact that I don't know if you saw the look on his face when he was staring down the Trandoshans, because the Trandoshans and the Wookiees have a real, real long history with oh, each yeah. other, where the Trandoshans basically yes. like enslaved the Wookiees and treated them and, like crap. Oh, oh. Most so like dangerous I'm watching game. him. Yeah, yeah, I'm watching. I'm watching him like stare them down. I'm like, oh, he's about to get some aggression out on them. <laughs> yeah, take out some revenge of all those brothers who were hunted down. Exactly. But one That's thing some I, of that expanded universe stuff there. I love oh, it. Well, Yuli, one thing I wanted to mention that Filoni is doing right, and and uh, Mio, uh, the other guy, uh, not not Robert Favreau. Favreau, thank you. I I forget it. I forgot his name I before know. too. It's it's that. The Happy world, Hogan. Okay, even if <laughs> if there's logic, if logic's uh, errors in, I mean, logic plot holes that are very valid. The world building is spot on, specifically in terms of the way they created this, ex- mod, how they expanded Mod Espa. For me, the good sign of a person who is a creator and not a hack is that he can take uh, something that exists and expand on it and make it more interesting. And I like the fact that they made Mos Eisley and Mod Espa feel completely different in terms of well and Tuscan Raiders I mean yes. we got this, oh this, my this God, interior yes. look at, at, at how they live and now we're you know having weird feelings about Attack of the Clones isn't it and yes, I, I just can't believe that we're already done with that like that's something are I we? felt like could have gone on longer are I, you sure about that I'm not so sure about that I mean, well, with all the Tuscans exterminated yeah. they, well, that, of that particular tribe that had embraced they Anakin them. on them. But so. remember what, what <laughs> yeah. was said, basically, Done. that it was weird that those bikers would basically could be able to so easily sneak on the Tuscans and just kill them. It doesn't make much sense. But I sense. love the involvement of the Pikes, yes. and I'm really, really waiting and hoping we find out what larger syndicates involved, because it's even though Black Darth Sun. Maul is dead, Kira is not. Exactly. It's probably going to be the Black Sun. That is basically... That's why the Or Hots, Crimson Dawn. Yes. You know, it could be a number of them. Because d- he, he brought them all in as a collective. Death Watch and uh, Black Sun. And then created this that entire This is deep what we're doing here, people. <laughs> no, you know, and I, I, I think it goes back to what Mike was talking about. This is a mafia story. Yes. You know, I mean, and I'm reminded of, uh, of The Godfather. You know, yeah. greatest mafia story of all. It's like, And frankly, if this follows that pattern, too... Okay, so think of the God. I want to say it was Godfather Two. Yeah, yeah, Godfather Two. Think of Godfather Two. How so much of it was backstory and like flashbacks and things like that, mm-hmm. and then it gets mm-hmm. to a point mm-hmm. where you get. That's the same thing that's happening with here because we're mm-hmm. done with the backstory. We're done with the flashbacks, which honestly, that was the best part of the series so far. Yes, yes, yes. We agree. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now we're now we're caught up. The flashbacks and the present day are now at the same point. So everything goes forward from here, and if it follows the same kind of pattern as the Godfather, then man. Boba Fett, Boba Fett is about to really, really mess up some people's day. Yeah, <laughs> like he's he's about to lay the smack down. And like I, Camille, I love the Buddha Fett. That was the best. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Because he is. He's like super chill. He's just like, yeah, you know. He's had a spiritual people, awakening. But... I mean, and he's finally felt a place where he belongs, where he didn't have that for so long. Even as a young bounty hunter, like, I mean, I'm still hoping desperately we get some sort of information with that, with like Cad Bane or any of those. Or well, like, Cad Bane was shown in the head, so he should be Cad dead. Cad Bane's dead. not dead. What? No, he's not dead. Okay, you know, Cad Bane's the one that put the dent in his helmet. Yes, thank yeah. you. Yeah. I oh, that. you're saying shooting him? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I gotta, I gotta say though, there was a moment in this that reminded me of, uh, of uh, the Rise of Skywalker, and I always <laughs> describe the Rise of Skywalker as it was written by a kid that had a box full of every single era of Star Wars yep. toys and just wrote a story based on that. <laughs> There's a moment in this too. This is when, accurate. Yeah, pretty much, and a lot of sugar. When Danny Trejo, when Danny Trejo brings the the <laughs> rancor. And he has the rancor, and Boba Fett goes, "I want to ride it." And I was like, <laughs> "I love that moment." <laughs> I loved it too because I was like, "This is such a little kid moment." Yeah, what I would adored Boba Fett it. Ride? He'd ride a rancor. Well, you yeah, you sure, can tell Filoni had the rancor figure as a kid, and he would do exactly that. It's like, <laughs> oh, one hundred percent. I'm yeah. honestly wondering if that rancor is the baby from Rebels. Ah. And then I'm also really interested, and I love that they brought in the huts because we, you know, dealt with the huts and that whole gang and organization early, early on in the Clone Wars, and it's a huge family. Yeah. Uh, so I was wondering when they were going to get involved and kind of start these territorial wars, but we haven't seen yeah. anything yet. And then also, technically, Jabba has a son, but we haven't seen oh, the yeah. baby yeah. since like the Clone Wars movie, <laughs> so I don't know what happened to him. Mm, yeah, what well, that's a very good point. Maybe um, he's a very liberal hut that basically <laughs> doesn't want to deal with organized crime. Well, I, I tell you what, or they could be waiting for the big reveal. I mean, there are only seven episodes of this. So Filoni directs point, the last one. Oh, really? Makes really? me excited, yeah. yeah. Oh, thank yeah. God. Um, it's mm. The next three are Bryce Dallas Howard, Ooh. Filoni, and um, I want to say it's, um, I think Favreau directs one of them. Uh, yeah, and Bryce Dallas Howard, I mean, she did such amazing work on yes, the Mandalorian season but one and two. Wasn't that surprising how good she was? Some, of, of, some of the best episodes. The action episode, well, where basically they went into that ship. Oh my not God, that was really, really considering who her dad is. But I mean, God, she's she next generation in you know, Hollywood. Yeah. She's oh, got an eye for it. Yeah, yeah. For sure. hold, hold that thought just for a second. You're listening to, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> you're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. Radio Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Roberto Ortiz, Mike Lunsford, and Camille Richardson. We've been talking about the new series on Disney Plus, which still has a couple of episodes left, I might add. The Book of Boba Fett. So, um, you know what? Let's just keep talking about Boba Fett. Well, I was, I was gonna. There was something else I was kind of trying uh, to segue in. And but, someone was just cast for Ahsoka as well. Yeah. Yes, I saw Ewan that. Ewan McGregor's um, baby mama. Yes, I, she's really. <laughs> yes. She, yeah, because yeah. yeah, I, I did not know that yeah. she was yes. you, you, you connected with Ewan McGregor. She broke her his marriage. So yeah. There's that, so. I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. What's her face? Who had been in? Um, uh Yes, and she was in um, Galaxy. Uh, Killing me. Oh my God! That's yeah, this Sky is. High. Let me look it up. It's yeah. yeah she I, was the bad guy in Sky High. Yep. Yeah, Mary, this, yeah, Mary Beth Winston. Mary, Mary Elizabeth Winston. Mary Elizabeth Thank you. Winston. Thank you. <laughs> I was not coming up with that to save my life, and that you know that that's another thing that I'm real excited about, though, is that uh, Ashoka series. But yeah, so I mean, because we've only got a couple of minutes left, I was I was going to jump into talking about this Josh Whedon thing, but hey, no, let's let's keep a whole yeah. episode. I, I, mean, I, I was, was going to say you can sum yeah. that up pretty pretty <laughs> succinctly. 
simply by saying he's scum. He's scum. Yes. A dude who made exactly what everybody was saying by saying what he said. Yeah. I can't believe that. And someone who had created such strong females who had written such amazing stuff to then stoop to this degree. You know, oh, English was, isn't even her all, first language. Like, how dare you? It's Hollywood. That's, well, that's well uh, it all got to his head, I guess. That's uh, that. Just saying, it's Hollywood. I think is an oversimplification. Oh, but 100%. Let's that's, let's that's hold Hollywood. Yeah. That's white privilege. That's, oh yeah, yes. all of it. Well, all let's of it. let's hold. Well, it, it sounds like you all want to talk about this, but. <laughs> You know, I, I, I'm going to pivot back to, uh, again, for our last couple of minutes. And Kenobi's uh, coming. Yes. That is coming, too. Yes. How are they going to explain the fact <laughs> that there's a man called Ben Kenobi who basically went back to the planet where Darth Vader was raised <laughs> and kept most of the last of the his memes. name? You saw, I was going to say, yeah, you guys saw that <laughs> meme, would, huh? wouldn't be that stupid. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> He wouldn't be that stupid. Exactly. I saw that meme. I was cracking up. Think about how much how much pain and suffering is on Tatooine for for Anakin. Why would Darth Vader want anything to do with that planet? (laughs) True. Terrible. But he kept his name. Why would you not change your name? At least well, he did. It was like, oh, now, I'm not Obi Wan Kenobi. Seen, I'm Ben Kenobi. Have you, you seen know? the concept art? Have you seen how we're looking at a heavy, heavy involvement with Vader? And looking at likely a, a duel possibly on Mustafar. And I haven't then seen any of that. We've yeah. been seeing some leaked stuff about uh, flashbacks to Clone Wars. Ooh. I'll lose my mind. <laughs> I'll lose that would my be cool. Mind. It's good I stuff. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, the cool thing about Filoni is that he's amazing retconning all stuff and making it work. It's like. Well, there's okay. that meme of the cat going through like the, the barbed wire. It's like, here are legends, we took them away, but Dave Filoni's just pulling them right back in. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's an advantage that uh, Filoni and um, Fabio. Favreau, <laughs> thank you, F and F, you know, have. And I, I keep thinking about this because. They grew up loving all this stuff. Yes, you got and them. Yeah, well, and you can really tell. Filoni was, was, was Lucas's Padawan. Yes, he oh. was. They worked together on Clone Wars. I mean, he was yeah. almost like exactly. the, the mouth mm-hmm. of Lucas, but he could do screenwriting. He could do the direction yes. where that's where Lucas fails. Mm-hmm. You need the, the world building, you need the politics, you need the ideas, but then you need someone to masterfully craft that. And mm-hmm. let me add on that. Mm-hmm. If you want to see an amazing explanation of the prequels, Look for the video where Filoni explains what was the failure in terms of uh, Ben Kenobi and Anakin on the prequels. It's amazing. It's a lecture for about 40 minutes, and he goes yeah. into detail on what what was the mistake that was made. Because Anakin, technically, according to Filoni, was raised by his brother instead of being raised by his father. Well, and I mean, Star Wars movies have have failed immensely in so many ways. And what do we have? We have all the extended content to yeah. uh, make it all make sense. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm glad you said that because that was kind of where I was going in terms of uh, the comment that I was making. Because as somebody who was there when all this stuff came out. Well, what and, year was that? You know, 1977. <laughs> It's a wonderful year, and, and I didn't even see the damn thing right away. It was months. Are I mean, you it was like me? no, I, I didn't. I, oh, I didn't know what that. I mean, I'm like, I remember seeing a picture of Chewbacca. I'm like, oh, it's got a monster in it. Well, look at this, <laughs> you know. Foot. I mean, and I didn't care for. I mean, space was supposed to be more like 
Star in Trek? the prequels. Well, no, in the prequels. Oh. Shiny and stuff looking new. And when I saw that, I'm like, it's all old and scuzzed up looking. What in the heck is this? I mean, it's... But again, once I saw it and I got in there... And in fact, I remember asking somebody, what's this thing they're talking about? May the Force be with you. What's from that movie, you know? Anyway, though, uh, where I was going with all of this was that... Uh, it was, when it was just those three, and, you know, some books and stuff, Alan Dean Foster, Splinter of the Mind's yeah. Eye, and what have you. I mean, it, it was it was a lot tougher. Well, it was a lot easier to keep together. It's <laughs> basically where I'm going with it. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, there weren't all these questions about what happened and why people were behaving the way they were and, you know, how nobody seemed to know about Yoda and all kinds of stuff like that. Because... None of all that other stuff existed at the time, and it was just these three movies. And quite frankly, uh, we were, at the time, very disappointed by Return of the Jedi. Felt like, oh man, they sold us out here, you know? I mean, this is just sort of Star Wars redux here, you know? I mean... I loved Return of the Jedi. Well, uh, the, me too. Thank you. They, they, Thank look, you. Let's, let's get him. There was some stuff... Okay, for example, in the first Star Wars, yeah. here's 3PO saying... Uh, Luke asked him, have you been in many battles? Several, I think. Actually, I'm not much more than an interpreter, not very good at telling stories. And then, there he is, keeping the whole Ewok tribe (laughs) wrapped, telling them this story. It was like, oh, come on. Look, look, look. Uh, It was basically, hey, well, you can look at it like that. It's (laughs) kind of like, yeah, they're they're telling me some crap here. Also, in the first Star Wars, they go to rescue the princess from the cell cell bay. And uh, he's like, hey, you go get her. I'll hold them here. uh, uh, we just had a slight weapons malfunction. Uh, everything, the situation normal, you know. How are and, you? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, tried to fool them, didn't work. But in Return of the Jedi, oh, the rebels have been routed and they're fleeing into the woods. We need three squads to help and all this. Fools them, catches them. I'm like, oh, pretending to be a rebel, though. you know? Yeah. Other than, you know, what, Chewbacca taking the ATST? <laughs> My point is, <laughs> they flipped what they did in the earlier film, and, oh, this didn't work here, and now it's going to work, you know? I mean, that that just seemed very done to me. The other thing, and this is kind of the biggest thing, actually, okay. you know, he's like, you have that power too, Leah. <laughs> In time, you'll, you'll moment, learn to man. use it as I have. You supposed know? to be her moment, and then you we got the... Mary Poppins, Leia, in the freaking sequels. Well, uh, the, the, <laughs> the point at which you know he's like, my sister has it. She says, I know. Somehow I've always known. Yeah, that's why you tongue kissed him in the second movie, right? Because <laughs> you, know? you knew he was your freaking brother. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I just, I had to call no. bullcrap on Star all of Wars that stuff. Star Wars is never thought out in the beginning. We've got to go oh. back and do cleanup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and I mean, it Vader was... doesn't even recognize 3PO and he designed oh, him. You know oh, I, mean? I know. Like, didn't recognize R2 and they were hanging out oh, <laughs> like boys. 3PO, he's actually throwing basically has erase. <laughs> R2 is the one who's basically the actual troll of the whole saga because <laughs> he's a hero actually <laughs> the troll like, of the whole saga him, they don't get, off, they don't get away from uh, the Empire in uh, Empire Strikes Back Yep, because yep. he's the one that fixes the hyperdrive yep. true. yes that's true <laughs> that is quite true he also assisted in the Jedi Massacre Whoa. by taking Anakin <laughs> <laughs> he was witness. I mean, oh, that, that's that why he's not being left with the ship anymore. That's why he loses it in Empire. <laughs> he was the guy recording it, basically. You know, I mean, and told 3PO. It's and 3PO was like, oh crap! <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> 
He went great. Okay, I want my mind erased. I don't want to know anything about this. Now that would have been interesting. Maybe you need your mind wiped. If yeah. he'd have asked, yep. would you please wipe, mind wipe me, please? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, look. So. <laughs> We could go on and on, but unfortunately, we're out of time for this week's episode. I'd uh, like to thank my panelists and you, too, for tuning in. Of course, Fantastic Forum is also a television show. Check your local listings to see if and when it's on in your area. We are still on as a TV show in some places. Uh, also, the show is available as a podcast. Thanks to our friends at the Great Geek Refuge. I really have to give a shout out to that Mike Lunsford also. because, And I'm not going to tell you what the numbers were, but we got a huge spike back in November in terms of the number of subscribers to this show. It was all on account of Mike Lunsford. He is a steely-eyed missile man, and we appreciate him. The show also re-airs right here on WERA each and every Thursday at 3 p.m. from 3 to 4. If you miss any portion of the show on the weekend, don't tune in the next week. Tune in the following week because we're sneaky like that. And, uh, you know, you can check that out. Also, you can go to the website at fantasticforum.tv. We've got full episodes of the radio show and the TV shows. We've also got the various segments broken out for your convenience uh, all. So you can catch up on your favorite geek stuff. And don't forget to come back next week. Same bat time, same bat station. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Stay safe.